Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 132 of the Leading Learning Podcast. We're going to focus on one of our favorite tools for helping learning businesses with product strategy, namely the value ramp. And specifically, we're going to discuss eight ways you can optimize your value ramp so that you get as much mileage as possible out of it. Before we do that, though, we want to be sure to acknowledge our sponsor for the second quarter of 2018. And our sponsor this quarter is Review My LMS, a collaboration between our company, Tagoras, and 100 Reviews, the company that's behind the very successful Review My AMS site. As the name suggests, Review My LMS is a site where users can share and access reviews of learning management systems. But in this case, the focus is specifically on systems that are a good fit for learning businesses, meaning organizations that market and sell lifelong learning. Contribute a review and you will get access to all existing and future reviews, and there are already more than 100 reviews on the site. And if you don't have a review to contribute, there's also a subscription option. Just go to reviewmylms.com to get all the details. For our resource for this episode, we're going to point you to a page on the Tagora site where we discuss the value ramp concept in detail, both in text and video, and where we provide a couple of visuals of the ramp that may be useful as you're diving into using this tool. We're going to briefly describe here how the value ramp works before we then turn to discussing ways to optimize it, but the additional information on the Tagora site is a good point of reference to have handy as you make use of the value ramp, and you can get the link to that simply by visiting the show notes for this episode, which are available at leadinglearning.com slash episode 132. Now, Jeff, this would probably be a good time to provide that brief description of the value ramp that I just said we would provide. Indeed. And this will be somewhat challenging territory because we're going to ask listeners to visualize something while we're obviously in an audio format right now. But the idea is that you have a vertical axis and a horizontal axis. You've probably seen that before. And then the additional idea is that there is a correspondence between price, which is our vertical axis, and value, which is our horizontal axis. And the value ramp basically represents that correspondence. So as value rises, price should rise. And the value ramp basically plots that out. And and then the further idea is that for your learning portfolio, you know, for what you're offering to your learning customers, you should basically follow that progression in the ways that you're engaging with your audience. So you should offer some things that are very low to no price up to things that are very high to, you know, very high value, very high price and that you should build out your portfolio along that sort of ramp. And then we also have the idea that, you know, in, in this day and age, 
you need to have some things in your portfolio that are offering value basically at no price. So for free. And then at the point that you start charging price, you've already proven your value to a certain extent. And then as the value increases from there, you start to charge a higher and higher price. So the value ramp is basically just that, that value story across your portfolio from where you start to engage with your learning customers and demonstrate some initial value up to where you're providing really the, the ultimate value that they are seeking as learners, very, very high value. And that's where you're able to charge your highest prices. And that's kind of the, the value ramp in a nutshell. And so I know, Jeff, that uh, as simple as it, it sounds and, as, and actually as simple as it is that, you know, if you hold a meeting or two um, around it, those can be really eye-opening discussions that an organization can, can have. And in fact, we've seen that at different organizations that we've worked with. So um, what we want to talk about uh, here are some tips, but, but to help ground those tips, we want to talk about first sort of two typical problems that often become clear when organizations start looking at uh, uh, their own value ramp. And the first is that there are either few or no items at the low end or the high ends of that curve that Jeff was uh, just describing. So um, the impact of that first case, if you have very few or no items at the the low end, is that um, you don't you aren't able to build momentum. Um, and, and then the impact of the other end is if you have few or no items at the high end, that, that higher price, higher value, is that um, sort of things come to a screeching halt just as you really have prospective learners all ready to, to actually you know, pull out their wallet and pay for that you know, highest price, highest value uh, area of engagement with you. Now, the second problem is that there are often significant gaps along the curve. And this is just like potholes on, on a highway. And so these gaps, these potholes are going to slow down your educational engagement with your learners and maybe even um, lose them entirely to you. So it's these two main problems um, that we had in mind as we came up with eight tips for making sure that you do fill out your value ramp completely and that you really manage effectively the value that you're offering all along the, the contour of that ramp. And so we're going to talk about uh, eight of these tips, as you said, Salisa. And um, the first of them really is to involve multiple people across your organization and examining, discussing, and plotting out your value ramp. And, uh, you know, it, it is amazing. It, it's a very simple tool. As we said, you know, there's just a, a vertical axis, a horizontal axis, and then you're drawing that curve that shows the, the arc from the lower left to the upper right in, in terms of that correlation between price and value. But once you put it up there, once that visual is there for people to talk about, it becomes a, a really, really powerful point of reference for people to have a discussion around. And, you know, it can be helpful to have an outside party facilitate that discussion. This is, you know, obviously something we've done many times, but we've heard from plenty of organizations that have used the tool effectively on their own. You don't have to have a, a consultant or, or some sort of outside party there to facilitate it. The, the main thing is to have that conversation around it. So you just get the right people in the room. Really, an hour is usually enough. You, know, can, do, you can do this maybe over lunch to have that, at least that initial conversation around the value ramp, having it drawn up on a whiteboard. You can go grab the visual from the site that we linked to and, and project that up on a screen if you want to. But having it visually there and starting to discuss your own portfolio. And 
you, I, I, I guarantee you're going to be surprised by what an eye-opening experience that that can be. So that's the, the first tip, which is to make it this conversation to get the right people involved and start discussing um, what your value ramp looks like. The, the second tip is to set them free and, and them being the lower value items. And so thinking about things like white papers or video clips or e-newsletters. And if you have those currently behind a, a login area, behind a, a member's wall of your website or other places that require logging in, you don't want to do that because you want those resources to help attract prospective uh, learners, prospective members, prospective customers, and you want those items to be able to demonstrate the value that you can offer. Um, and as part of all that, you also want search engines to be able to find them and index them. So don't charge for them and don't put them behind a login wall. And I'd even go so far as to say... Um don't necessarily even make people sign up for them. Though sometimes that, that can be valuable if you're a membership organization, you've already got people on your member list, you know, collecting that extra email commitment to know from those members that, uh, that they're interested can be valuable. But there's a lot to be said for just putting stuff out there, just a link, people can download it right away. They don't have to do anything and they're starting to engage with the value they offer. So that's number two, as you said, Salisa, set them free. Number three is social plus learning equals value. And so the idea here is to embrace social media as a way to create new value. So tweets, posts to LinkedIn, posts to Facebook, blog posts, all of these and you know a variety of other social media tools represent possibilities for providing nuggets of value in the forms of links to valuable knowledge assets that you have. Then these might be articles, video clips, whatever it is, you know, brief how-tos uh, and advice, examples, breaking news for which you have relevant educational offerings. Basically, take advantage of social to make sure you're pointing people to your value ramp. And, and I'll say as a, a side note here, you know, that uh, you don't have to, and, and, and really you shouldn't use all of the major social media channels. Just find the one or two where you can really provide some value and focus on those. So maybe that's Twitter, maybe that's LinkedIn, wherever your customers or members seem to respond to what you post. But put social links out there that are going to point people to the type of value that you're offering along your value ramp, particularly in that lower part of, of the ramp where you've got those free and low cost offerings and drive people to that through social. So our fourth tip is reuse it, don't lose it. So use versioning and repurposing to help smooth out those pot potholes along the curve of your value ramp. Um, so think about things like if you have large online courses, those can be broken down into smaller chunks. Or um, if you have a podcast or a webinar, those types of assets can be transcribed and then converted into articles or uh, an attractive ebook or, or um, blog posts. Similarly, if you're capturing video at a conference, you can take that video and package it up with a workbook and an assessment. Um, so just remember to really think about all that you're already doing to produce content and make sure that you're maximizing the value that you are able to get out of it and offer to your learners out of it. So just treat everything as a production event. And that's something that we've emphasized at different places uh, 
along the way, but it really is. It's about really thinking about any time you're uh, in a situation, what else could you be doing with that um, experience or opportunity to be able to create something else of value for those that you serve. And we'll be sure to link to, we have a post called Everything is a Production Event, uh, which uh, focuses mainly on events and making sure that uh, when you've got people together in an event, you're using that as a production event. But as you're saying, Salisa, I mean, anything that you create, webinar, podcast, blog post, that can be leveraged in so many ways. So think of it as a production event. So that that's number four, the reuse it, don't lose it. Number five, don't get stuck in the middle. And, and you referenced this uh, earlier in the, in the podcast, uh, so Lisa, when we were talking about the main problems that organizations tend to have, they, they, they tend to get bogged down in the middle of that curve, in the middle of that value ramp. And uh, you know, many organizations, many learning businesses are just, they're, they're obsessive about their really kind of their moderately priced offerings. And these might be seminars, uh, that might be their portfolio of events. They might be the, 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 the one online course that they've produced, uh, that, uh, is sort of the, uh, the, the jewel of their portfolio, you know, and, and often these are areas where the competition is the highest, where it's the, the hardest to, to differentiate, you know, where they've already maxed out their conversion rate. So they're just not going to convert a whole lot more people there, at least until they work to build more momentum. So, you know, really the, the mental power that gets used up in that sort of middle area uh, of the curve to try to tweak a little bit, to try to just drive a few more registrations that mental power could very often be better applied to figure out compelling offerings at either the upper right end of the curve to drive people higher or at that lower end of the curve to drive people into the middle in, in the first place where you, you may not be even getting them there uh, without building some additional momentum. And so then the sixth tip we want to offer is, is point the way. So whenever possible, you want um, the products and offerings, the services on your value uh, curve to reference other items on the curve and ideally ones that are higher up and therefore come at a higher price but also offer more value. So, you know, if you have a, a blog post, it might reference a, um, a paid online course on a related topic to what the blog post was originally about or um, a webinar that's free might then highlight your annual conference or opportunities for on-site training. So you really want to think about um, how do your different products and services and offerings interrelate and make sure that you're referencing um, the, the, the subsequent higher up items um, with each lower down item. And this kind of cross-referencing, yes, it can require a bit of coordination, but the effort is so well worth it because often you know you're well aware of the other offerings that you have, but really your your learners, your customers aren't aware of it, and you've got them in that moment when they're reading that blog post about topic X. If they can find out that there's also a course about topic X, I mean that's that's a real value to them, and that's a, a ripe opportunity. So you want to make sure that you're doing that work of cross referencing. And we, I mean, we see this all the time you know, with our own offerings. And we see it all the time with clients where, I mean, you sort of think by this point, people have to be aware of this stuff. I mean, you know, we, we think people have to be aware of the value ramp by this point. We've been talking about it for, for years now, but I'm sure that probably, you know, half of the audience that's hearing this podcast right now, if not more, have never heard of the value ramp before. And so we're talking about the, this concept that we've talked about many times before, and it just bears talking about again and, and pointing to in different ways. And the same is true of anything that's in your portfolio. You know, every time you've got an audience there, 
make sure you're using that as an occasion where you can point to the other types of value that, that you're offering. So that that's number six, pointing the way, always being aware that you're pointing the way to the value that you're offering along the curve, along that value ramp. Now, number seven is focus on return on learning, your ROL. So, you know, in the, in the upper right of your curve, your value ramp, you're going to be focused intensely on impact. And impact is one of our big things here. You know, how are you actually going to move the dial? So what extra value can you provide in that upper part of the curve that's going to transform an educational experience into enduring returns for your learners and their organizations? So really, really thinking about that. And that might include, you know, for example, a pre uh, or a post-education audits, uh, assessments, benchmarking. It might include consultative services or facilitated learning experiences within the, the learner's organization or company. It may involve access to roundtables, peer learning, or other types of uh, you know sort of membership within your overall membership, if you happen to be a membership organization. So there, there are many ways to really think about how do we how do we promise and actually deliver a higher return on learning as we get into that upper end of the curve in particular? And, you know, again, having multiple people in your organization involved in the conversation is going gonna, is gonna to really help ensure that you generate a range of ideas for those really high value offerings. Because, you know, people are going to have different experiences with your customers, with your members. They're going to have different perspectives on how that high value can actually be created, how you're going to get that high return on learning. So make sure you're tapping into that as part of this process of really looking at the the value ramp. And then our eighth and final tip that we're going to offer today is mind your P's. And so the the difference in price um, for products at the bottom left of the value ramp and the top right is usually dramatic. That is, if you have a healthy um, value ramp, a, a healthy value curve, you know, the the lowest price you're charging is going to be way lower than the highest price that you're charging. And you're going to also have a dramatic difference in value. And so you have to be careful how to manage these um, differences. You have to make sure that you're shaping the perception of um, your buyers. And this typically means some level of differentiation, not only in price, which, you know, that's kind of the basis of the value ramp, but also in the other marketing piece. So positioning, placement, and promotion. So, you know, in other words, those those classic four P's of marketing should not be applied in the same way to your free white papers as they are to your consultative on-site training services. So you want to make sure that prospects and customers fully appreciate the difference, uh, not just, you know, in price, which is going to be pretty apparent to them, but also that difference in value in terms of what you're offering. And so, you know, those are, those are the eight tips. Those are ways to take this very simple concept of the value ramp, this idea that, that there should be a, a correlation between price and value as value rises, price should rise and, and, and vice versa. That's the simple idea. But, you know, you know as we noted at the beginning uh, of the episode, just a discussion of this initially of the, of the value ramp, putting it up there, you know, whether you're just drawing it, you really don't need anything more than a, a whiteboard or a flip chart to draw it, or, or you can grab the visual that uh, we provided the show notes. But either way, you know, put it up there and discussing it. Again, that's often one of the most eye-opening things that, that an organization, a learning business has done in years and maybe the most eye-opening thing you do if you're just a, an individual uh, entrepreneur or director of a, of a learning business, uh, maybe the most eye-opening thing that you've done in years. And I mean, this is really, it's true because you just don't step back to consider 
really thoughtfully the relationship between the different products that you offer. So, you know, how is that relationship between value and price changing across your portfolio? You need, you need to look at that. You need to be conscious of it. But, but then the key is, you know, having done that once, you don't want to let years pass before you do it again. Chances are you've never done this. Uh, don't let years pass. In fact, you know, I'd say don't let more than six months pass, you know, set it, set aside a time at least once a year, um, and even more if you're in a you know, really dynamic or competitive market for re-examining and adjusting your value ramp. And you know, it's a very, very simple model, but it's very powerful. And you know, if you'll embrace it and, and, uh, and make it a regular part of your routine within your learning business, you're gonna reap big rewards. So those are the eight tips on optimizing your value ramp. And uh, now we put it uh, to you to um, put those tips to use to put the value ramp to work for you. So to get show notes, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 132. Um, at, that, uh, at the show notes, you're going to see the link to the value ramp overview that we mentioned as the resource for this episode. And while you're there, as usual, uh, at at those show notes, you'll see the various options for subscribing to the Leading Learning Podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear here, we'd really be grateful if if you would subscribe if you have not already. It's very easy to do through iTunes, through Stitcher, through basically anywhere that you get podcasts. You You can subscribe very easily. We'd also be grateful if you would take just a minute to give us a rating and a brief review on iTunes. You can do that by going to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. We really appreciate the ratings and reviews. And we really continue to ask because those reviews and ratings help others find the podcast that feeds into the algorithm that iTunes and other similar searches use when they're coming up with which podcast to suggest to would-be listeners. And we'd be grateful if you'd take a minute to visit our sponsor for this quarter, uh, Review My LMS in this case. You know, Salise and I, we, we put a lot of work into producing and delivering the Leading Learning Podcast, and we, and we love doing it. But one of the key reasons that we're able to do it is because we're able to generate revenue through other sources. And one of those other sources is Review My LMS. And I mean, the fact is, if you can contribute a review there, you're going to get access to reviews for free. If you don't have a review to contribute, there's a subscription option. That's a paid option. But uh, you're going to get incredibly high value out of being able to access reviews of learning platforms that other learning businesses have actually used. This isn't your standard corporate LMS stuff. It's not your standard academic LMS stuff. These are businesses that are using platforms to market and sell education and support their learners. So please visit ReviewMyLMS.com. And if you can, contribute a review to help others find the right platform for their needs or subscribe to the service. And lastly, please tell others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. Or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick your preferred social network and spread the good word that way. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.